Hello everyone, and welcome back to my podcast, Every Which Way. My name is Dana, and today I'll be talking about Lunasaw, also called Lamas. But before I get into that, I want to ask you, how are you doing today? You drinking plenty of water? Staying out of the heat? I know here in South Central PA, it's been quite, quite warm, and it's just been dreadful. But thankfully, I've been drinking plenty of water and taking care of myself. Now, let's get into Llamas, the first Sabbath that we'll be talking about on this podcast. I am so excited. I like, I like the, uh, I like the Sabbaths. I think that they're, they're great fun. And they really are, once you get to, to know them. Alright, so let's crack it. So, Lunasad is the first of three harvest celebrations, and it typically takes place from Ju- the sundown of July 31st to sundown of August 1st, but that's not set in stone. Some celebrated it as Old Lamas or Old Style Lamas, and that was typically around August 5th or 6th. Lunasad was a time where Leo would is in 15 degrees relative to Earth's position. And it's when the first fruits of the harvest ripen in a garden or in regional farmlands. In Ireland, Lunasad was celebrated. In Scotland, they had Lunasta or Lunasal. The Isle of Man called it Luaninstin. In Wales, it was called Gwalost or the Feast of August. In England, it was called Lamas, which the Old English term for literally translated it to Lofmas. And that there should give you a big indication of what this Sabbath is about. So, where did the name Lunasad come from? Well, I'll tell you. It's named after the Celtic deity Lu, who was a god of craftsmanship, light, victory, and war. He was also called Master of All Skills and the Shining One. Lu thought it was a day where Lu, the sun, and Mother Earth renewed their wedding vows annually. And thus, it became known as the Marriage of Lu, or Lunasad. Modern day Lu is a solar deity and a harvest god. And I do plan on talking more about Lu, but I will be giving him his own special episode in the future. So, the Lunasad festivities usually consisted a mix of ceremony, feasting, and ritual theatrics. Woof. Wow. There is evidence that suggests that a possible ritual took place during this time where the very first fruit of a harvest would be buried on a hill as an offering. There's also been evidence to suggest that a possible bull was sacrificed and that the ceremony of that and that the hide of that animal was used in a ceremony. And it's also been speculated that rituals and plays portraying Lou 
conquering famine or blight took place around this time. A fair that was common in the Ireland-Scotland area was called Lou's Funeral Games, and that honored his stepmother, Talchia. And the reason why is because in lore, Talchia is the one who cleared the fields for agriculture. But as a result of all that effort, she passed away. And this was Lou's way to honor her by creating this fair. And it was called the Fair of Talchian. It was held at the locality between Navan and Kells near County Meath in Ireland. And it brought together people from Scotland and Ireland. This fair dates back to the 6th century at the very least. And there have been records that have been found dating all the way back to 1169 that tell of horses and chariots making a six mile long stretch just to get into this fair. And the reason for that is because it was very popular for its athletic games. But sports and athleticism weren't the only thing that this festival celebrated. It also was for arranging marriages and even formal wedding ceremonies. Eventually, the fair of Taotian became known as Telltown on Blackwater. And from that sprung a thing called Telltown marriages, which were considered temp marriages, also called trial marriages, which lasted a year and a day until the end of the very next fair. Then it could either be continued or dissolved if both parties saw fit. Another popular, I guess, ceremony that happened during Lunasad were hand fastings. These were far more per- permanent than telltale marriages. And this is where two people would gather witnesses. They would clasp right hands sometimes a string or a yarn or some sort of i guess fabric would be twined around those arms and they would recite vows of devotion a similar fair to that of fair of Taltion was held in carmen which is now modern day kildare and lore carmen was mother was the mother of the invading of the of the country that was under threat from an invading force. She gave up her life and died as a hostage to ensure the invaders wouldn't return to Ireland. And along with that, I have a little poem that I would like to read to you to kind of, in a way, I suppose, signify just how important this was to the people back then. Here it goes. The renowned field is the cemetery of kings, the dearly loved of nobles greats. There are many meeting mounds for their ever-loved ancestral hosts, to mourn for queens and for kings, to denounce aggression and tyranny. Often were the fair hosts in autumn upon the smooth brow of noble old Carmen. So, now that we've talked about two figures in lore who passed away, 
I think it's fair for us to say that death does have a place in Lunasad. And it does, but in a more literal way than one would suspect. Because Lunasad fairs were usually held on or near burial grounds. So they were literally, like, with the dead on this one as a way to honor and incorporate them into their celebration. <sighs> Moving on, another festival, often called the Great Fair, was held every three years in Leinster from Lunasad Day to August 5th. During this fair, men and women were sometimes separated into different fairground areas to promote morality and reduce spontaneous orgies. Oh my goodness, even back then. Wow. Now, for the people who couldn't go to fairs or something like that, they performed protection magic. Oh, excuse me. And usually on livestock. And what they did was they would have livestock walk through water to, fear, to purify and bless them as water sources were considered sacred to the ancient Irish. The first fruits of the harvest would be offered to divine spirits or ceremonially eaten. Potluck feasting was a big thing. The same for feasts, feasts with dancing or exhibitions of performance combat. A popular thing that was made during this time were flower gardens, which were either hung as decoration or worn and they signified fertility and abundance. Lunasad was also called Bron Trogain. Bron meaning bring forth, Trogain meaning earth or ground. So Bron Trogain literally meant bring forth fruits of the earth. And I'm sorry if I butchered any of that. In the second half of the 5th century, people from Denmark and Germany came over to England, Scotland, and Ireland and brought along with them their Anglo-Saxon culture. Along with that was something that was called Lofmas or Lamas. Once these ancient civilizations were absorbed into Christianity, Lunasad was, I guess, transformed into what was known as a feast of first fruits. And this is when the bread bread was baked from the first grains of the harvest and then taken to the church to be consecrated and blessed. One custom back in this day was to bake bread with a cross, I guess sliced on the top of it, which was then separated into four pieces and crumbled in four corners of a barn for protection. Lamas customs were blended and melded into Lunasad traditions and eventually became that, that feast. Agriculture and harvest fairs were celebrated as Lamas Tide. And two saints were also considered to be in relation to this Sabbath. Saint Sidwell who was associated with agriculture, was typically celebrated around August 1st, 2nd, or 3rd. 
St. Oswald, who was the patron saint of shepherds and sheep, was honored on August 5th. August marked the review and refresh of magical protections on crops in in Scotland, like livestock and other property. Rowan crosses were placed over doors. Tar was smeared on tails and ears to ensure the health and safety of livestock, as were red and blue threads tied to tails were much the same. Charms were spoken over udders for plentiful milk, and sometimes a wad of cow hair would be placed in a milk pail for the same effect. Cakes called Bannock Lunastain, or Lamas Bannock, were eaten outside in fields or in valleys. Fishermen would gather for its final toast, asking for plentiful fish and to protect crops. Families in Scotland would contribute malt for an ale that would be brewed, a cup of which would be tossed into the sea to ensure plentiful seaweed. Seaweed back then was used to help fertilize crops. In Scotland and England, corn shaves were fashioned into kirn, or corn dolls, which are suspected to be the predecessors of corn dollies. Excuse me, I need to take a sip of water. My throat's getting scratchy and dry. Ah, thank you for allowing me that. Something that I thought was very interesting was a thing called Riding of the Marches. This took place in Scotland, and what happened during this was magistrates, burgesses, and freemen would make an annual ride around the borders of their territory to ensure that the stones marking that territory, which were called march stones, were still intact and in peace. If they needed to replace them, they would. If some were missing, it would be noted and detailed. This was a pretty big thing, and I thought that was really interesting. In some areas, any crops or hay that had been harvested were fair game to whoever made the effort to collect them, regardless of whose land it was. Rent was due during this time, and tithes were paid. In the United States, the Hopi tribe performed the, and I apologize if I butcher this, Marua dance, water moon da- also called water moon dance or growing moon dance, to ensure human fertility, bountiful harvest, and good weather. This dance featured all women dancers, all of whom carried full stocks of corn, with the exception of the leader, who carried a decorated prayer stick called a bajo, which was given to a deity called Muingua, who was a god of fertility and germination. <coughs> Excuse me. For him to dis- observe and decipher the prayers written on it. During the third week of August, the Hopi tribe would also perform a snake dance, in which, for four days, villagers would travel north, south, east, and west to collect snakes and incorporate them into the ritual dance intended to protect harvest and secure an ample supply of rain. This was in honor of a sun deity named Tawa. Snakes were considered sacred to them. The Cherokee Creek Choctaw and Chickasaw tribes had a green corn festival, which celebrated the first corn of the harvest, and that took place between July and August. 
the Igbo and Yoruba tribes of Nigeria had the new moon, the new yam festival, which is still celebrated today. And I thought that was pretty cool. The Ga people of Ghana had the Homowo festival, Homo meaning hoot at hunger. And this is where food was made and offerings were made to ancestors. Russia celebrated the August 1st as the day of the honey savior or wet savior as honey was gathered and water sources blessed. Continuing with Russia, August 6th was the day of the apple savior where you guessed it, apples were harvested and August 16th was dedicated to the nut savior. <laughs> Nuts. <laughs> All right. So a big thing with Lunasad is the joy of knowing the harvest would will come. That that guarantee that all of the hard work and effort that was put into the crops, into the livestock and everything would come. It was also for us to feel gratitude for life and be thankful and express that gratitude and thankfulness for the for continued existence. Now, I'm going to talk more about Lunasad in the United States. This is specifically for Lunasad in the country. It centers primarily around agriculture, naturally. Some activities that take place during this time are harvesting crops, picking wild berries and herbs, having an evening bonfire which i wish i could have an evening bonfire i'm not allowed to where i live but man do i love bonfires and i would kill for one mm. anyway cooking and feasting with the foods that were in season making berry jams and preserves baking fruit or nut pies baking loaves of bread roasting potatoes and other root vegetables also, magic and rituals were performed fireside, waterside, or on hilltops. Offering of the first fruit of the harvest in gratitude occurred, and recognizing the sacrifice given to manifest the current bounty, and a big thing is county fairs usually take place around this time. But let's say that you don't live in the countryside. Let's say you live in a big city. Well, some cities happen to have open pagan communities that you can join and celebrate. And they do this via feasting, dancing, drumming, and ritual. But if you're not too big on large crowds or anything like that, you can also feast with family, friends, and neighbors. You could go for a bike ride in a nearby park, or take a drive out to the country. Or, you can simply notice... Excuse me. Whew. Woof. <sighs> wow, just hammered back to back there for a second. You can simply notice and appreciate city foliage during this time. Like trees in a parking lot, or the shrubs at an office building. Now, some people celebrate what is called La Lunasa, or Talchiu, at the beginning or middle of August. 
typically Celtic reconstructionists, but it's time to coincide with local berry season. And dishes that include or center around berries are the main focus. And ceremonial offerings to deities and spirits of the land also focus mostly on berries. Poets are recited, and favorite libations can also be offered during this time. And those are for people who consider themselves Celtic recreationists. Sorry, reconstitutionists. Reconstructionists. Reba. <laughs> oh, sorry, I just had to had to get that one out there. <laughs> it made me laugh. <laughs> Alright. So for those of the Wiccan faith, Lunasad is celebrated via rituals and feasts. It's a time for them to give thanks and blessings celebrating one's own skills and efforts. Games are played, arts and crafts are made, there's a lot of baking, crop harvesting, and get-togethers. There is a day in, I guess, mainland Europe, mostly Scandinavia, I think, that is called, oh, excuse me, my goodness, Skittlestad Day. It's celebrated usually on July 26th, and it's a day that commemorates the death of Olaf the Lawbreaker in battle. Now, this Olaf guy, he oppressed and maimed and slaughtered numerous Norwegians who refused to convert to Christianity. And because of that horrible, horrible thing, neo-pagans and followers of the Astaru I guess, sect, faith, what have you, see Skittlestad Day as a way to honor the bravery of those who fought and died, rather than submit to Olaf. Freyfaxi is celebrated in August, and there are three days that coincide with this. It's either August 1st, August 19th, or August 23rd. It fluctuates. And that's celebrated in Iceland, and that's to honor Frey, ruler of rain, sunshine, and growing produce, who's also the brother of Freya. If you're a solitary witchcraft practitioner, you could do rituals focusing on abundance, harvest, sacrifice, giving thanks, seasonal changes, or anything that you feel like is appropriate and necessary. Now, I have a list of Lunasad Lamas gatherings, and I don't have information on each individual one because that would make this episode way too long for my own liking but i will still list what i found off so there's a the green spirit festival near banveld wisconsin llama fest llamas fest near coralville dam iowa Sacred Harvest Festival in St. Paul, Minnesota. The Santo Domingo Pueblo Feast and Feast Day and Green Corn Day in Albuquerque, New Mexico. The Tulamor Show in Tulamor County, Offlay in Ireland. The Lunasaw Festival at Cragalnorwer in County Clare, Ireland. And St. Andrew's Lamas Fair 
in St. Andrews, Scotland. Ugh, my goodness, sorry. I had to take or drink my throat. Throat. My throat. My throat was getting a little dry. Alright, now in this next section, I have a little list of things that you could do to celebrate or acknowledge Luna Saad in your life, if you so desire. Alright, first item on the list, calm down candle spell. Here's what you're going to need. One, count it, one orange tea-like candle. And one, count it, one glass of water. This spell can be performed in or outdoors. What you're going to want to do is you're going to want to place your water beside the candle if you're inside or directly on the ground if you're outside. Take a deep breath, then place your fingertips over the candle. Let any feelings of anger, irritation, stress, sadness, hopelessness, despair, anything, anything that is causing you to not be at peace or unhappy or happy, you know, channel those emotions, let them flow th freely through you, honor those feelings while releasing them into the candle. Continue to release this emotional energy until you feel completely empty, drained, hollow, and indifferent. If emotions are still strong, then this portion of the spell isn't finished. Once you feel that empty, drained, hollow feeling, you light your candle. Relax. Gaze at the flame. And imagine those energies turning into fuel for the fire or into pure power to feed the sun. Imagine those feelings flowing through the flame, through the sky, into the sun. Say, I feed the sun the passion of my hunger. I feed the sun the power of my fears. I feed the sun the monster bred from injustice. I feed the sun the power of my tears. Envision the sun obliterating these feelings. Hold your glass of water and ask the earth to flow into it. Visualize the emotional energy of the earth. You may, if so desire, say, Element of earth, I call on you now. Please enter this glass of water right here and now. Earth, come into this water right here and now. There is no other course. Come into it now. Slowly drink the water as you watch the candle burn. Observe how the water makes you feel. Then you can either let the candle burn out or use what remains of your earth water to extinguish the flame. Once that's done, you can go about your day. The spell is over. Alright, so another thing that I thought was particularly interesting and cool during this time was something called corn divination. And I found two examples, two types, and I'm going to read them both to you. Okay, so the first one is you're going to want to put 30 kernels of dry corn into a bowl. Focus on a yes or no question. Grab a handful of kernels out of the bowl and put that to the side. 
Divide the kernels in your hand into equal piles of four kernels each. <coughs> Set whatever leftover kernels to the side and then count your piles. If there's an even number of piles and an even number of leftover kernels, then the answer to your question is yes. If there's an odd number of piles and an odd amount of leftover kernels, the answer is no. If there happens to be an even number of piles but an odd number of leftover kernels, that means that the universe or spirit or whoever refuses to answer your question. In Mexico, corn divination was used to help diagnose disease and illness. And this is how they did it. A handful of kernels was cast is cast onto a cloth or put in a bowl of water and swirled. Once, once it's settled in the final interpretation, if evenly distributed, that meant a full recovery would, hap would happen. Now, if the kernels were clumped in certain areas of the bowl, that could indicate an issue with the corresponding body part. You might select what part of the cloth or bowl represents the head, what well, represents the body. So like the top could be the head, the bottom could be the feet, the sides, your extremities, and the middle, your organs. Alrighty. I have a recipe for you for blessed bread during this time that you can make. So here's what you're gonna here's what you're gonna need to make this this blessed bread, alright? You're going to need three cups all-purpose flour, one and a half teaspoons of baking soda, and one and a half cups of buttermilk. You're gonna want to mix the flour and baking soda together. Slowly add in the milk. You're gonna want to mix it into a soft clumpy dough, which you're then going to shape into a disc so that it's rounded on top and a couple of inches thick in the middle. Place that dough on a greased baking sheet. Then you're gonna use a knife to slice a giant X on the top surface or whatever symbol or sigil you so desire. An X, a cross, a rune, you know, whatever. And you're gonna think of protective energies and forces that help sustain the earth and its light forms. You may say a short prayer or blessing. Bake in a 400 degree preheated oven for 20 to 30 minutes. Let cool and enjoy. So, I have a list of correspondences for Lunasad. Alrighty. So, some spiritual focus keywords are gratitude, abundance, blessings, the necessity and inevitability of both life and death, celebration, harvest, sacrifice, and reflection. So, with that being said, works of gratitude, strength, protection, abundance, personal transformations, those are big, big things to, that, that would be a good thing to work for. Well, to do spell work or whatever have you. Um, for deities, yeah, I got a book, here 
for deities. It's Talchia, Isis, Demeter, Nemesis, Hathor, Hecate, Diana, Stata Mater, Danu, or Artemis, and Artemis. A couple gods associated with this Sabbath include Osiris, Lu, of course, Thor, Vulcan, Toth, Loki, Apollo, and Ragbod. Colors that are associated primarily with this Sabbath are yellow, which represents solar energies, happiness, and transformation. Brown, that represent earth energies, strength, protection, wealth, and animals. Gold, for illumination, success, divine power, and harvest. And green, which represents abundance, prosperity, fertility, growth, life, health, and vegetation. Some herbs that you can work with during this Sabbath include allspice for money, wealth, prosperity, luck, strength, tenacity, magical power, rosemary for solar energies, healing, protection, friendship, peace, cooperation, love, and abundance, basil for protection, luck, love, wealth, abundance, psychic insight, fennel, purification, defense, courage, protection, clarity. Flowers that are associated with this Sabbath include marigold, sunflower, rose, and cornflower. Some crystals that you could work with include citrine, topaz, and quartz. Animals, totems, and mythical creatures that you could, you know, call forth or, tr- or, or look to for inspiration include the lion for strength, victory, courage, determination, defense, protection, physical power, and success. Stag for solar energies, earth energies, personal magnetism, abundance, strength. Eagle for clarity, wisdom, energy, justice, strength, and spiritual power. Some scents, some oil fragrances, or incense or potpourri that you could work with would be cinnamon, apple, blackberry, marigold, and patchouli. Tarot cards associated with this. Strength, the sun, wheel of fortune, justice, seven of pentacles, ten of pentacles, and four of wands. Apples, corn, bread, squash, grains, nuts, berries, and potatoes are some of the main foods for this holiday. Excuse me. Drinks include wine, mead, and apple cider. And that's pretty much all I have for you. Now, most of my information that I got was from Llewellyn's Sabbath Essentials, Lunasod, Rituals, Recipes, and Lures for Llamas. And I cannot recommend this book enough, seriously. If you want more information or more in-depth stuff or recipes or spells or anything like that, I highly recommend picking up this book. All right. And with that, that's all I got for you for this episode. I hope that you enjoyed that. And I apologize for my voice getting raspy and stuff. This is the fifth time I've tried to record this episode. And yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been real fun. Uh, no, but seriously, I, I did enjoy, I did enjoy this. Um, so 
onto the card of the episode. I am going to be using my Zodiac Tarot by Celia Latari and Ana Chavez. And it's the one that my partner got me not too long ago. And I'm just, I am over the moon in love with it. So let's see here. We got the Nine of Wands. Huh. Cool beans. The Nine of Wands. So, all right. Let's see what that says for us. All right. Gotta find there we go moon in sagittarius the moon reflects our intuitive and intimate side when it encounters sagittarius like in the nine of wands our dreams are marked with the dynamic energy of the sign the nine of wands represents a break during which we can focus on the next move that will lead us to achieve our goal here intuition is connected to planning and precision like an arrow shot from a bow in the car, there is also a great force which allows us to firmly go back on the attack even if we are injured. In addition, the moon often refers to often refers to home. In Sagittarius, our home can be in unusual places like on the seaside, in the trunk of a tree, or in an abandoned hut. Wherever you find space to rest, Sagittarius will protect you so that you can regain your strength for a new adventure. Keywords are Refuge, recovery, break, retaining strength. Alrighty. And now I'm going back to pulling topics out of a container. But this one I have is Pumpkin Jack. And this is a ceramic pumpkin that my mom got me quite, quite a long time ago. Here's some... You got that ASMRS thing? Alright, let's see. What am I going to be talking about? Okay, well, alright. That sounds that sounds great. So I'm looking forward to that one. Alright, well, everyone, I thank you very much for joining me for this episode of Every Which Way. I hope that you would consider sharing this with your friends or anyone that you think might be interested and also check out the facebook page every which way i just started it not too long ago so there's not much content on there but i promise that i will be working on that as well anyway i hope that you wonderfully witchy people have a great day and have a magical monday i'll see you in the next episode Bye bye